welcome winners once again to the Wrong Button Podcast here on Built to Fail, where we talk all things nerdy, some things video games, and a surprisingly large amount about Avatar. Uh, but today, <laughs> today I am very excited. Uh, we are actually going to delve into the bread and butter of our uh, of our channel and our namesake, where we go into uh, more in depth on some pity on some pity some. Uh, ideas about video games and topics that are currently uh, very relevant within the industry. And I am proud to introduce Mr. Quiggles. Hello there. Good to see you. Good to be on here. (laughs) It's great to see you two through the wall that I'm staring at right in front of me. Yeah. Um, To see you through the Discord call that we're on. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, I met Quiggles. Uh, I was in college for my second time. Uh, he was a math major. You also were president of the video game club, correct? Uh, yes. My senior year, which was 2016, 2017, uh, I was the president, yes. Um, I remember, one, you were very welcoming, two, uh, you you hosted a few um, you hosted a few Smash events, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, yes, we did. Uh, back when Smash 4 was kind of in its prime, uh, we did that because... I mean, we wanted to do the latest uh, version of Smash, and we kind of wanted to just be beginner-friendly, uh, so we didn't do, like, Project M or anything, so we just kept with, like, what was the most recent Smash Bros. And we did other tournaments, too, but Smash was the big one, because of course it was. It's Smash. Um, and now you uh, are successful. You've graduated college, which I think is just a huge thing to always throw out there. And um, one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on here is, one, you're very knowledgeable about the industry. Two, you actually host your own Discord channel. Uh, it's R Gaming News, correct? Uh, it's called Gaming News R, actually. Uh, Gaming News R. There's no real purpose for the R. I change it from time to time, but Gaming News R seems to be what's stuck. So, um, so I have questions that I did send them to you pre-time, but uh, the reason I had you on here was you... Uh, one of my favorite things to do, and I know you said you fell behind it a little bit before this, is you do um, what I'm playing now. Mm-hmm. And I, I found out about it because, uh, one, you've always been very kind, inviting to Magna- MAGFest, hosting us all for MAGFest, yeah. um, organizing that. It's always very nice for that. Uh, but you do what I'm playing now. And I read the last one that you did. And you, you, of course, you have like. Um, you do like E3 arena, you have, uh, mm-hmm. leaks and rumors, sales, your sales and merch, like there are times you post things. I'm like, no, that's not happening right now. And I go on there and I'm like, oh, it is, uh-huh. uh, take my money steam. <laughs> and, uh, then you do, um, like I said, my favorite is what I'm playing now. And you do such a great job because you play a lot of games and I play a lot of games, yeah. but you, we don't play the same games. And you were talking about Ace Attorney and I was like, I always see it, and I, I read your description, and I don't think I ended up playing it, but I've watched, like, four Let's Plays going through the series, just uh, because I was like, yeah. that's really cool. And mm-hmm. It is. It's kind of wild, and then it kind of leads into, like, kind of a rabbit hole of other, like, kind of puzzle-solving, logic-heavy, like, games. Like, Zero Escape and Danganronpa spring to mind, but, like, obviously there's probably a bunch of others like the one that i'm most recently played is uh murder by numbers which is really good i've heard that i've heard danganronpa's really good um i have played uh zero escape was on it was free on the vita 
um, oh, yeah, a while yeah. back. And so I played that. I loved it. Because um, you had to play through it like six times to, to make a different choice to actually do something to get out. Um, Gotta get and, all of the endings, basically, in order to get like the actual one. That ending is canonical. And so because you, you've you've played games and you play games that are so different, um, it's not just... Uh, like, you play a lot of JRPGs, but you also play those logic games. Um, I think I've seen you playing... Uh, have you... You played, like, a little bit of, like, Apex Legends or, like, some form of... Have you? Maybe I not. have not played Apex Legends. I've... Honestly, only Battle Royales that I've actually played. I played a little bit of Fortnite, and then I've played... Like, more on and off, I play Tetris 99. Oh, my... Kudos to you, just because I'm not good enough at Tetris. I have played it. It is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, can I break 75? Okay, I broke 75. Let's go for, like, 60. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I appreciate somebody who especially can can play through it uh, to that degree. Um, but to jump into to these questions, just because... Um, Danganronpa is really good. Uh, Zero Escape and uh, other games like that. It feels like there are a lot of games right now that are coming out with uh, remasters and remakes. Because um, mm -hmm. I could have swore Danganronpa was one of the ones that was done earlier this year. Yes, for uh, smartphone of all things, you would think that like Spike Jonsoft would end up putting it on Switch first. But I mean, so long as people play the game, that's like the mm -hmm. most important thing for me so i'm cool with that so do you how so you uh because I, I find myself really conflicted when it comes to to remasters and remakes um mm -hmm. but i was wondering how do you how do you actually you said it's cool as long as people play it um is it is a remaster okay or is is it like a remake is going to be the better option here i think your mileage will vary depending on the situation. Like, I think certain games, this might be a hot take, but I think probably the games that most need a remaster or, like, a remake uh, would be the games that you really can't get right now that haven't been ported. Companies just sort of, like, not really ignored it, but haven't really released a new installment in a while. Uh and or at the very least don't really have the quality of life improvements that you see in games nowadays like oh you can just this game just auto saves or oh there's like multiple difficulty settings you can uh change like whether or not uh like stuff like font size or button mapping anything really i think the flawed but enjoyable uh, games are the ones that probably make probably the best remakes for right now, just because, like, and also the inac inaccessible games, I think both sort of warrant the remake treatment sort of the most. Everything else, if it was something that was sort of like, oh, this was very popular at the time, we just haven't really uh, re-released it at all in any form. I think those can just, like, sort of make good ports through one sort or another. But I think, yeah, we are seeing a lot of remakes, remasters, definitive editions, ports. And I, I'm kind of happy for that, just because that means 
more people are able to play these games. And if you're like me and you grew up uh, in a Nintendo household uh, and PS4 is your first PlayStation console, then you didn't really get a chance to play like the best PS2 games, your Kingdom Hearts, Persona, uh, freaking like Okami, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, all of them. So yeah, that's sort of where I more or less stand. More remakes, the better. More ports, the better. Worst case scenario, it's a port of a game you already have, so you just skip it. Now, um, when you said inaccessible, that actually that that brought up to me for like I I I slept on Okami when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. You're what twenty five now? Yes. Okay. Um, so I've got, I've got a good five years on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when Okami came out, it was also the start of we're getting ready to go to next gen mm-hmm. and we're getting to like realistic games like yeah. Call of Duty with its brown palette. So games like Okami, um, games mm-hmm. like uh, Beautiful Joe, things like that, I, I really slept on because I was like, well, that's not realistic. Who would ever want to play that? And hearing you go well if you didn't have that option i'm like oh that that makes a lot of sense i know personally i'm going through the yakuza franchise right now yep i as a kid i never looked at it because i was just like i have no idea what this is and i want to play my fun games that i'm just like running around being like ah and but now i'm like kwami kwami too i'm like oh this is great it's Mm. a better version now one of the games that i'm very excited to get a remake (coughs) excuse me um and a port is uh the world ends with you yes world ends with you got like i think it got ported to like android years ago a few years ago it got ported to switch and i have the switch version personally i think this is one of the rare cases where i like the ds version a lot more but hey ho and then (laughs) like just like this past weekend we got like that news that it's getting an anime uh adaptation which Usually I'm not on board with those, but I'm kind of making an exception here because, <laughs> damn. Um, because you you say that um I'm I'm sitting here going through like I know uh the Persona anime kind of gets um shafted a little bit. A lot of people say like when it uses the OVAs out of the game, it's really good. And then you, uh, I know the uh, what is it the Devil May Cry anime also gets um some stuff like that, and I've heard. I've heard mixed reviews on uh, World Ends With You, whether some people are like, no, it's so much better on the 3DS, or some people are like, no, single screen, just playing it on, um, playing it on, like, Switch or phone would make it better. Uh, so I actually wasn't sure, but I, I love the design of those characters, because um, the, I can't remember the main character's name, but I watch it, and I'm like, oh, you, you clearly or are Neku. Sora. God, Neku, that's right. Um, I was like, Sora 2.0. <laughs> so, I mean, same character designer, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I, I love it. I love the headphones. I love the fact that those are like, I know I just want to drown out the world. Um, it feels like whoever made uh, FLCL uh, was alternative had the same character, same theme was like, nope, headphones can't hear the world. Um, how do you feel about then just, just to kind of switch gears on that one uh, when a game goes from like, okay, this is a beloved game on a console and now it gets ported over to to a mobile phone or a mobile uh, mobile console like Android and iOS. Does mm. does it feel cheapened to you? Because I know the stigma with being a mobile gamer. Uh, so I don't actually hate mobile games that much, but usually I'll like pass on them 
uh, unless it's a game that I have like never played, but it's like, oh man, I've heard all about this game and I guess because it's not coming to any of the consoles I own, nor is it coming to Steam, I guess I can play it on, like, I can play it on my phone, I guess. I did that with, like, the fourth Ace Attorney game, and I, and then, like, a few months later, it got, like, ported to the 3DS, and now I'm sort of tossing up in the air, oh god, do I just want to, like, replay it and just play it on my 3ds instead uh or do i just kind of want to wait for the inevitable second uh ace attorney trilogy to just get forwarded to console i don't know uh i i definitely wouldn't wag my finger at these companies about making these games accessible to a smartphone personally i just don't play them mm-hmm but, like, I don't know. I feel as though the best mobile phone games are the ones that are made for specifically for the platform, so... That's Maybe sometimes the yeah. remakes. Okay. Um, now, uh, bringing, bringing up uh, where you, you talked about uh, ports, and we've talked about uh, the, the upping of, of some of these games and bringing an HD copy... Uh, I know I didn't send you this question, but I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand, um, especially you being the, the big Persona fan that you are. I, I did foolishly ask uh, the other week, like, hey, Persona 4 is going out on Steam. Yeah. Uh, will you get it? Previously, and I, you laughed and you were like, you were like, I mean, is that a question? I'm like, <laughs> I guess not. But for, for, for um, Persona, that was locked to the Vita, correct? Uh, yeah. So what ended up happening was Persona 4 Golden ended up getting released on Steam like last month. And for the longest time, the joke was, oh, you got a Vita? You probably just want Persona 4 and indie games on the go. And then Persona 4 Golden got announced for Steam. And now everybody's making the joke of the Vita's dead. There's no reason to get a Vita now. (laughs) Like, I will say, thank God that did happen because now... I don't really have to consider getting myself a Vita because I never owned a Vita, so I never played Persona 4 Golden. I've only ever played the Persona 5 games, and I'm not even done, if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> I, I've heard, and, and that's, what, that's what I've heard here. Um, my other question to you would be, um, it's Persona 4 and then Persona 4 Golden, yeah. Persona 5, Persona 5 Royale. Yes. Um. And this just might be me being an outsider here for you, but I, I sometimes I look at those games and I go, was this a was this a like microtransaction DLC cra- uh, cash grab? Because I'm like, why? When they added stuff to Persona Five Royale, did is it kind of like you would give that a pass and say, okay, I got a full game and you're just giving me more stuff, or is what they added like I, I probably should have had this in the main game and it would have made it more enjoyable or feel more complete? It's kind of conflicting a little bit, because with Persona 5 Royal, it's the entirety of Persona 5, plus you get an extra dungeon that's at the end of the game. You Mm -hmm. get, like, an extra party member. Uh, You get more ways to, like, spend your free time in the game, more people to talk to. Uh, Overall, it's just, like, an extra 
20 to 30 hours of content between five and five Royal uh, that you're getting. Should, would I have preferred this Royal to be just DLC that I pay for, for like 20 or $30? Sure. But also I really like Persona 5, so I had no issue getting like the collector's edition because I'm a sucker for it. Um, but yeah, there was the other like conflict to it is that Persona 5 Royal also kind of has a few quality of life improvements uh, in it that weren't in Persona 5. Uh, I heard it's like extra, like when you, cause you go to school mm -hmm. and you do something. And then after that, it's like, okay, you can, you can either do like homework, clean up, go to the, go, go to the, the dungeon thing. Right. Um, I lost the name of it. And, but then, then it was like, once you did one of those things, it was like, okay, day's over. And now it's like, okay, maybe you can do two or you can go on a date and do two other things as well. It, it still is that, but there are a couple of new additions, like being able to check when one of your stats is going to level up, like your social stats that help you like connect with more people and help them like you more. There's a way to like check in Five Royal, uh, okay, when is my charm stat going to go up? When is my guts stat going to go up? And it... And there's a way to find out, oh, it's going to happen like kind of soon, or, oh, it's going to be a while before that levels up, which you can't really do in Persona 5, and my god, would I have loved to have that in Persona 5. Your gut stack will go up when you fight Griffith. Um, now... Sorry, I'm trying to... Like, I, I've never played Persona, um... And I, I probably won't like JRPGs in general. It's very hard for me to get into unless I'm like taking on my 3DS and going somewhere because I feel like then I can just give time to it. But I will say um, I want to get the soundtrack and I want to get the vinyl of Persona 5 because to me it's like listening to uh, the soundtrack. Uh, I, oh my god, it, it's it's like the it's probably my favorite video game soundtrack toppling the Halo soundtrack oh, because yeah. I think. Different different things, but oh my god! I have you tried the? I know from you being a Persona outsider, you're not probably not going to believe me when I say this. Have you tried the Persona dancing games? I've tried the fighting games. Okay, but have you tried the rhythm games? I didn't know they had rhythm games, honestly. Yeah, so they actually do have. Uh, rhythm games that just feature remixes from all the different Persona games uh, from 3 through 5 basically and it's all just remixes of that game's respective soundtrack in like a rhythm game it's I'm terrible at it uh, I have a friend who's like really good at it and then like I'm just sort of right here. Like, look, I'm just gonna play Beat Saber and then look up the OST on YouTube and then play that nonstop. Oh, that sounds. That actually sounds like if if you could sit there and do it. Like, uh, what was it? I think Just Dance. You there was a there was a mode where you could just set it and all it would do is like cycle through all the songs. Um, working at GameStop, like you would do that when a new Just Dance came out because people were like, oh my god, Just Dance and it has this song and I'd be like, yeah, let me sell you this game now. Um, and I'm like, I would. 
I would put that on because I will put the OST on for for Persona all day. Oh, um, it's so good. God, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. All of them. Um, Even better when you get like the Smash Bros. remixes all in there because those are really good. That was good, and uh, I I like Smash Brothers for like all their music. Cause I think you could get you could get um I know Joker you could get uh oh god what what, what was the main one? It's like the opening song the dun dun dun. Oh, wake up, get up, get out there. Yeah, I see. You say that, and I was thinking jump up superstar, and I'm like, it can't be wake up, get up, get out there, because I was like, no, that's 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 Mario Odyssey. Don't don't mix those nah, two. Nah, you up. got the two mixed up. Um, I would gotta kill for those like back to back. Um, so let's go from we'll, we'll jump gears one more time here for us. Um, just because. Going on, uh, I know you said the PS4 is your first Sony console. Yes. And later this year, I was about to say next year, uh, later this year in a couple months, we are going to be getting uh, new consoles. Did you, growing up in a Nintendo household, were you were you privy to like the console wars that were out there? A little bit, but by the time, by the time I was sort of... Uh talking with other people about consoles it was just sort of a chat about like oh which one's your favorite vice what you hear about the 90s where like cutthroat sega uh talking about how genesis does what nintendo don't and oh sony can actually sony's playstation can actually uh, do uh, full motion videos and actually have recorded video capture but nintendo can but oh nintendo has 64 bits uh so basically my sort of prime time to talk about video games with friends was like during the gamecube era where people were like yeah gamecube's cool but also ps2 is wildly popular and also it has kingdom hearts so i'm gonna go with that or people were like yo xbox halo that's all you need Meanwhile, I just sat in my corner and played Mario Kart and Paper Mario and Zelda. So it was sort of mellowed out. Uh, I feel like that's sort of been the status more or less about it since then, where it's Mm -hmm. just sort of like, oh, which companies win in the console wars when in actuality it's more just a more gamerfied way of sort of saying... All right, which one of these consoles is just your favorite, pretty much? It, it's no longer the... Because when you said that, I, I was sitting there thinking, uh, as you were talking, and you were going, like, uh, like you, you played um, mm-hmm. you played GameCube, and I remember GameCube had this, this uh, sadly kind of... Uh, the, the, it's almost like a, a depressing rap I want to give it, where it was like, no, this is the kid's console. This, is, yeah. this isn't, like, the, 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 the adult console. Um, and But you sit there and you talk about it, and you're like... Um, you're like, I played Paper Mario, I played, and those are games, you played Okami, you played Mario Kart, and it's one of those things, you, you go to any party nowadays, and you see someone throwing a Mario Kart, and it's like, dude, I'm gonna get in on that, like, next game, I don't, yeah, I might not even be as good as I used to. Double Dash, that's one. <laughs> I, and see, I played 64, I've actually never played Double Dash, but I've played eight. eight, um, and I absolutely loved, I loved eight, I loved the way the tracks are, the way the cars transformed a little bit. Oh, eight's um, so good. And it, it's funny, because you say who won the console war, this is our, this is like our first year in, in ages mm. um, without an E3. Uh, yeah. And you have an E3 arena in, in your in your Discord that is fantastic. And I remember last year it was exploding. 
Yep. How do you, how do you feel that that's going to like change the landscape for us as consumers of this medium? Do you feel, hey, maybe getting away from E3 is better? Do you feel that we're going to be kind of missing something or that maybe we'll get more focus on the games? It's kind of just sort of like saying this again. I'm at a bit of a conflict because on the one hand, I do like the pageantry of E3. I like the fact that it's a bunch of the major companies coming together for one weekend and you just get hit with so many different game announcements that it's impossible to leave thinking, oh, well, this was a waste of time. No, I, I didn't even get a game announcement that I wanted. Instead, it's just sort of like rapid fire, boom, here's Halo Infinite, boom, here's new Watch Dogs, boom, here's Final Fantasy VII Remake, boom, here's uh, Smash Brothers, here's pretty much a bunch of things at the wall. And even mm-hmm. if you even if you don't like uh, a lot of what was shown off, my mentality was always, if they show off at least one game that looks cool to you, then it's not really something that, uh, it wasn't really time wasted, I'd say. But nowadays, since we can't have E3 because of COVID and everything, we are now just sort of seeing a bunch of, I call them E3 alikes with like Summer Games Fest, the future of gaming that Sony did. Uh, Ubisoft today just had a presentation that showed off more games like Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed. No Rayman, which is a bummer, but whatever. Um, I'll continue to be disappointed. Uh, I still haven't gotten a Splinter Cell. I don't think you understand how many times a year I post like, hey, uh, Tom Clancy, hey, Ubisoft, Splinter Cell. Yep. And they're like, hey, just so you know, Sam Fisher's in the new Ghost Recon. Yeah, he was in the last one too. I want I want a Splinter Cell. So I, I, I feel you on a very spiritual level there. Yep. But... Yeah, going back to this, I do kind of like the more E3 likes, and I like how it's like sort of spread out throughout the summer. Uh, that be plus like if it's just spread out throughout the summer, then you're just tuning into something about every week or so, uh, just to get whatever announcement that you came to tune in for, and then kind of done. Uh, kind of sucks that it's in the middle of the day when most people are working. So I basically have to check Twitter, uh, to like, shout out to Nebelian, uh, cause it's like, oh, this is where, uh, I get on my news and this is where, oh, Ubisoft announced that, uh, Sony announced that, uh, it is a lot less flashy, but at the same time, I feel like that way, you're sort of not tuning in and sort of arranging your life around this one announcement that you don't know what it's going to be, but at the very least, it's harder to be disappointed by something that you didn't tune into. Plus like with how much there is, it's sort of, it, it can kind of get pretty complicated to just follow everything. Like I keep my ear to the ground, but Even I'm sort of like, whoa, okay, Uh, what was supposed to happen today? Right. (laughs) If that makes sense. 
No, that honestly, that makes complete sense. And when you said it, like for me, like I said, it's been this. I would say conflicted is the right word. And I was asking you because I was like, well, you know, Quiggles is he 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 knows what he's talking about. And I'm like, he's gonna have like the best all around answer. But it it feels good to know that there are other people who are conflicted because um, this year I actually had. Um, I accepted like a, a new job and I was like, Hey, I need like, I need like these dates off. And I was like Magfest here. And then, um, I was like E3, uh, and I try to always take off, um, at Sony, um, Sony Ubisoft cause they're normally the same night. Yep. And then I'll try to take off for, uh, for Xbox, but I always try to get like Sony my, as a day off or like work a different shift. Oh, and sure. it's, it's one of those things where, like you said that today, like today I, uh, just to date this, it's it's the twelfth of July, yeah. and uh, Ubisoft put out their their thing, and I, I I was kind of disappointed in it because I wasn't very impressed by uh, their their battle royale game. I like the aesthetic for it. I love watching the guns like digitize in your hands. I was huge sucker for that, just that that aesthetic. But the rest of it, I kind of watched, and I was like, okay. And part of me was like, if they had an actual E three, would it have been would it have been like a better show? They said like we're gonna do another one later. But I'm like, yeah. I don't like, do you already have the stuff or like, what What are you waiting for later for? Like, what is there later? So I guess part of me has been a little bummed by that. Admittedly, I didn't tune into it. Uh, I just had a couple of friends who were like kind of live reacting to it. Um, talk about it with me. Um, it sounded a bit like if you were in the mood for a couple of very specific Ubisoft games, then this one... This was for you, but uh, usual, it was sort of just their usual kind of E3 event, Mm -hmm. except I don't think there was a Just Dance announcement, so maybe we can expect that later. (laughs) Uh, And there was no, oh god, who's the lady who played Lana? Um, Uh, Aisha Tyler? Aisha Tyler, Aisha Tyler didn't host it, and that, that to me is kind of the biggest bummer. Like I was like something feels like it's missing, and even even Mrs. Play, um, my wife was like, it's like I feel like like Ubisoft don't don't they always do something better? I'm like I'm like yeah, Lana always. Ho-. She goes, where is she? Why is she not here? I'm like probably pandemic, but you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, but, that, that, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, that's just one of those things where I was like, for me, I, I watched that and I watched the the Sony one and the Xbox one, and I know the big deal was like now we're all just waiting. Like, hey, when are you guys dropping these? And be how much do they cost like i have money set aside but do i need a lot more money or like what are we doing guys like help me out here yeah like everybody's waiting on the price tag and from what i understand it's a case of sony doesn't want to put out their price tag for the ps5 before xbox does for series x mm-hmm. because they obviously want to be the cheaper console of the two because mm-hmm. People are already saying, oh, well, PS4, you already, or PS5, you already have all these exclusive games plus backwards compatibility. I just want to get my PS5 uh, plus Ratchet and Clank and. Uh, Miles Morales. Yeah, my, Miles Morales and Astrobot and all that. Uh, I'm just going to get all that on day one with my PS5. Uh, but maybe you wouldn't do that if. Uh, Xbox One was cheaper, maybe? I know a few people are out there who are uh, saying, nah, I'd still go PS5 because of the exclusives, and I I couldn't blame you for that, uh, mm-hmm. but 
for some people, I get that money is an object, and I'll, the Xbox One does get a lot of third-party stuff, and they all run pretty well on Xbox anyway. So, and also, I guess Xbox does has have a much better online and streaming service than I guess Sony does. You mean Mixer? Uh, no, I was actually talking about uh, Game Pass. Oh, um, like their their kind of version of Netflix, but video game flavored. I, because I actually heard some good stuff about it. So it's it's oddly, um, I do have Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't I don't use it because um, just like I just talk about the sacrilege of of who I am as a person. Um, I just played Devil May Cry for the first time last year. Uh Um, I watched the Super Best Friends play it before they broke up. Uh Um. And then I, w- or I watched Wooly and Pat play through one. Mm-hmm. And then I went out and I bought the, the trilogy and I bought and four was for free on Game Pass. So I got that. Nice. Uh, and it, it, was, it was really weird. I went through and played them all and I got five. But I've gone back and Sony, when, when the, uh, their streaming service came through, uh, PlayStation Now. Yeah. You used to be able to buy or rent a single game. Uh, so I tried doing a Let's Play of Splinter Cell Blacklist. Mm-hmm. And you were able to rent games and be like, okay, I want to rent this one game for a month. And they would be like, okay, to to sway you into buying this thing, they're like, it's going to be 16 bucks. But I was like, 16 bucks for a month? That's like, oh, fine, I'll pay that. Like, I'm going to get like eight hours out of it. And that instantly, like, more than pays for it for me. That's, I make I make more money than that. So it's it's already paid for itself in an hour. Um and it was really good and then all of a sudden it went to no you have to you have to buy the pass like you can't just go in and do this whereas like game pass and i feel like the backwards library for xbox like i went on the other day out at a hankering for kingdoms of amalar um like right before they announced the the that they're going to be remaking it i'm like yes and i'm like why did i just spend 10 bucks on this game if they're going to be remaking it i'm like so i can play it again twice nice um so i i will say yes i think you're right uh, all that to say that the Game Pass is better than the PlayStation Now, and I think that's because somebody somewhere in Sony said people are just renting single games, and we want them to subscribe to the service. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I'm sort of one of those few people it seems nowadays who still gets his games physically, which is weird because I'm not like that with like movies or books or anything. Uh, so I don't really use streaming services i just have friends who do it and then they tell me all about that <laughs> i think it, it depends on what depends on what it is like kingdoms like if it's an older game and i can get it for stupid cheap on a, on a sale mm-hmm. i will do that um but i do like i've got um i don't know if you're looking forward to uh ghost of uh, tsushima yes um I, I have the physical because I, I i bought the super collector's edition like uh, i want the mask it looks it looks stupid cool and i want it um, I'm not going to get it so, day one, but I do plan on getting it one day. Which makes sense. Um, which makes sense. Like I, I, I'm, I was going to get it day one, but now I'm, I'm actually heading out of town, so I can't. Um, just makes me sad. But no, I, and and I, I guess that makes sense for for the consoles. Like I, I didn't think about it that way when you look at infrastructure and exclusives, because I'm like, well, I bought the Xbox. I have the Xbox One for exclusives, and then I go okay, that's Gears and Halo. Like, what other exclusives do I actually play on it? Um, 
but I didn't I didn't even think about buying it. I've I've been so focused on the on the price point that I didn't even think about well if the PlayStation is if the PlayStation is cheaper and then I'm gonna get like six games off the rip that I know I'm gonna love. Yeah. Why would you not go for that? That's a that's a fantastic point. Yeah, because I think oh god, wasn't it like for the Saturn, I think it was. Like, they announced their price point where it was, like, $300, and then, like, a representative from Sony just, like, walked up to the podium and was, like, it's like yeah, PS1 is just going to be 200 guys. And then that just sort of was a nail in the coffin for Sega, like, in the late 90s. Back when console wars were cutthroat. <laughs> what? I think what the the issue with it there for the, like those console wars when you think about it do you, do you remember uh like what would happen because it felt like what happened with PlayStation three came out and Sony was like we're gonna give you the everything like everyone's all about this Blu-ray everyone wants motion everyone wants all of these things mm-hmm. we're gonna give it to you all in this one console at this eight hundred dollar price point I think it was only six oh, yeah. but it was super high and the three sixty came out and was like. Three ninety nine, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "Done, got it. I'm gonna get that console instead." And then this last time around, Sony came out and said, "Hey guys, you remember how y'all said you wanted a gaming console?" And we're all like, "Yeah, okay, we're gonna give you a gaming console, but if you want to do these other things, it can do that. But it's a gaming console, and it's only gonna be this much." And everyone was like, "That's what we wanted. Thank you very much." And Xbox was like, "Hey." You remember what Sony did the other year that was really bad? And we're like, yeah, we're going to do that this year. And I'm like, well, they just said they were wrong. Why are you going back and saying this is right? Oh, yeah. With with like the whole, oh, the Xbox isn't a gaming console. It's a multimedia experience. You can just tell like it was the marketing team's idea to try to appeal to people who like would normally just not buy a console in lieu of like say, a computer or... Smart like, TV. Yeah, smart TV, which I I guess I can understand, but at the same time, like, I don't know. You could, again, you could, could have probably just done what Sony did and just be like, hey, this is a game console, but also you can get Netflix on this. You can play your DVDs on here. Ain't that dope? Wait. It's weird. Like I actually just thought about that. Like like doing a channel and, and I play so many games. Um, I I actually went out and my wife and I got a smart TV because we wanted to. Uh, we really wanted to like take the strain off the consoles because I'll sit there and be like I'm I'm gonna play for twelve hours today and I'm not gonna move. Um, and they don't need to then be like, well, now we're gonna run Netflix. So it's one of those things where I feel like I don't want to brick another console because I already bricked two. Oh um, yeah. And it makes sense there. Uh, you actually said something earlier, and I wanted to circle back to it because um, I, I I just now thought of it, and you just brought it up again uh, when you were talking about uh, Sony because you talked about the exclusives. You talked about Ratchet and Clank. Um, I mentioned Spider Man Miles Morales. Yeah. And then previously, when I asked you about HD releases and uh, remastered remakes, and you're like, "Hey, to me, when more people get it, that's what makes it worthwhile." Right. Um. How do you feel about like the new the new term of exclusivity because it no longer feels like something is actually exclusive anymore. I mean, you have a few things. Sure, Ratchet and Clank will always be on um on the PlayStation whereas uh Halo and Gears are always going to be on the Xbox, but everything else now it feels like exclusivity doesn't mean 
this is exclusive to this console. It means for this year, it's exclusive um, to this console. Are you are you a fan of like a console exclusive or are you a fan of this new idea of like, okay, maybe someone gets it sooner, but everyone's going to be able to get on it? I think, I think sort of, it's a tough call because I do understand that exclusives are what sell consoles at the end of the day. Um, and keep in mind, I am somebody who right now is looking at my Switch, Xbox, and PS4 all hooked up to my same TV. Um, same thing. Well, no Switch. No Switch, but I, I, I'm I doing the same thing. Yeah, but like I have... There's pretty much not going to be a game release for me. Oh, yeah, and I'm recording this on my gaming laptop that is still running pretty well. Uh, there's not really going to be a game release that I'm basically going to miss, so take what I say with that in mind. Um, basically, I'm fine with timed exclusivity. Uh, Vice just never it never being on, a, on another platform, basically. Just because... I feel like part of the huger gaming experience that is completely optional, but you can actually uh, consider it to be part of that experience is sort of playing through a game and then talking about it like online with friends, like on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, wherever you go to talk about video games, write your articles or what have you. Uh, And you get more of that like as the game is out because obviously it's new. People want to sink their teeth into something new and, oh, we haven't seen this image uh, from the game before. Uh, let's meme the crap out of it. So uh, we can basically just sort of have our good laughs. We can uh, know each other as like part of this community, even if it's just for right now. Uh, but I don't know. I... I am still conflicted about it because on the one hand, I would love to see people be able to play any game on any console, but at the same time, I can understand business-wise that's not practical for pretty much anyone. Because, like, right now, I say I have uh, Switch, Xbox, and PS4. I don't have, like, Stadia, and that from what I understand, has a very small community with not that many people on it because, oh, there's not really much exclusives here. Also, it costs a lot of money and requires a hell of a lot of uh, internet power, basically, in order to actually get it running. It has a few good ideas, but all in all, it's not worth it versus just playing a game on your PC or Switch or ps4 or whatever um so i don't really have a huge definitive answer to that i guess i am fine with uh timed exclusivity for different games but at the same time i'm never like i'm never gonna be like that one guy on twitter who got really mad that horizon zero dawn is coming to steam uh i'm I'm just not really gonna be that kind of guy and it's so funny you say that because there was a there there was a time like just Horizon Zero Dawn. I think my wife and I. That's probably our favorite game because that was 
it, it's one of the most like video game video games that I've ever tried to pitch to her and be like, no, nah, we're going to like sit down and play this game with me. Watch it with me. Like you'll enjoy it. And she's like, well, what is it? I'm like robot dinosaurs. And she's like, that is dumb. Yeah. And then you play it and you're like, maybe not. <laughs> and there was a time where I'm like, no, like I, I would say go out and buy a PlayStation 4 for this game. You're, you're going to spend hours and hours in it. It's beautiful. You're going to explore you're gonna you're gonna see this crazy world that they built. It's gonna feel amazing, and then it's it, it you're just go go back into it. Like just go around, and have fun. It'll be great. Yeah. And then to hear, hey, it's coming to Steam. Part of me is like, well, I'm like, oh, but like 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 it was built for the PlayStation. But then I'm also looking. I, I've even looked up and like, you thought Horizon was pretty on the PlayStation Four. Yeah. Watch what it's gonna turn into when it's now on. When it's now one computer and somebody can be like, hey, this is my this is my powerhouse. Let me show you the pollen coming off of these flowers real quick. Oh, yeah. And then not to mention even better if it gets mod support, because then then that's just going to like make the game go into like a whole new level before the sequel even comes out. <laughs> How do you uh, you got a little bit of time left? How do you feel about mod support? Um, I know xbox what was it um was it bethesda that said for skyrim and a few other things if you got it on xbox they were going to support mods i think i don't remember uh them saying that i think hmm because like i don't really dive in with mods like (laughs) all that much at all unless it's to like actually help improve what a game actually looks like or does so you're not like into the Randy Savage mods where it's on Skyrim that comes down and goes. Yeah, oh, I I, okay. I don't do uh, Nicholas Cage Fallout or anything. I didn't even know that was a thing. I need to go look that up after this. <laughs> but like, I only I only know what I know from mods. I know from memes basically. Uh, but I I'm all in support of anybody who does modding. Uh. I will happily admire that mod from a safe distance and comfortable distance, but I am not somebody who will actually mod my own games. That makes sense. Um, it was just it was one of the things like I I bought a gaming com- computer for like editing purposes because it has it's a powerhouse. Um, so I don't play as many games on that, especially when I have the consoles now. We're going to circle back around to, to remasters and remakes one last time. Um, you're a fan of Resident Evil, correct? Uh, I'm Admittedly, I'm only a casual fan. I have a bunch of Resident Evil games, but I haven't played through any of them like from start to finish. So I would still have to pretty much... like I know I have to sit down and play through one... The remake of two, remake of three, four especially, because that's a really good one. And then seven, which I actually have a VR copy, so that'll be fun. And VR. not that terrifying. Play it in the dark. Like, go go all in. Middle of the night, wake yourself up, play it in the dark, dead tired. Um, <laughs> with But with, uh, with remakes, because mm-hmm. um, I, I know for... And the reason I went to Resident Evil... Um, well, hold on, we'll switch gears. Uh, what about... What about uh, Final Fantasy? You're a fan of Final Fantasy, correct? Yes. Uh, I've played a bit more of Final Fantasy. Uh, I have, like, 
10 different Final Fantasy games that I just mm-hmm. want to play through, but I have actually played more of Final Fantasy, so I can have an actual opinion on them. Okay. Um, I, I said earlier I'm not the biggest JRPG fan. Yes. Final Fantasy Seven R doesn't appear to be a traditional JRPG. It looks like I could play it a little bit more like Devil May Cry if I was into it. How do you feel about remakes where they change mm-hmm. core principles to the game? I I think again this is sort of a this is sort of um, a, your mileage will definitely vary because mm-hmm. personally I like Final Fantasy VII remake I know Resident Evil two and three are extremely different games from their original counterparts um, but I think there's you sort of have to consider those kind of remakes to just sort of be their own things Mm -hmm. uh, with sort of the originals kind of in the back of your mind. Like, I know a lot of people will say, oh, play the original Final Fantasy VII before you play the VII remake. So that way you get, like, all those little nods. Uh, But I think as far as the remakes are concerned, it depends on uh, what changes are actually made and if those changes are ones you like like i love a lot of stuff about final fantasy 7 remake only like huge one i think i'd say is probably like sephiroth uh showing up like at the very beginning of the game instead of just sort of being this big foreboding presence that you don't even see until halfway through and not to be cynical but i'm pretty sure that was just like for marketing purposes because he's dead center on the steelbook uh and yeah and and a lot of promotional material because he is the final fantasy villain but when you say it like that like he's dead center on the steelbook i'm like i'm like well i heard i from what i've heard about the original one is that the story gets kind of jumpy and this and and i think that's one of the big things with both going from resident evil to to this from a story perspective is resident evil like if you were to sum up those that franchise it was this guy made a good zombie game and they said hey can you do it again he said can i make new monsters and they said yes so every storyline after that becomes but secretly it was this there was this person but secretly it was the shadow organization but secretly it was the government but secretly there was this and that's all it was mm-hmm. so i wasn't sure if you felt with especially with um final fantasy 7 remake when cloud like has freak out moments and like clear ptsd yeah if if that made it more coherent or co i'm sorry not coherent cohesive and yeah cohesive and coherent Mm. that you see sephiroth like it's like okay there is something there and we know who it is but right it's it's sort of a give and take because on the one hand yes it does make that much more clear that cloud has a history with sephiroth but i think they spell that out to quite a bit especially like in the early game because he appears like like sephiroth he is first appears in seven remake within like the first hour meanwhile if you were to play original seven like he wouldn't even appear in the part of the game that seven remake actually goes through so again i think it's just sort of a marketing thing but um it, it is what it is. I It's certainly not a deal breaker for me. I just mm-hmm. like the original portrayal kind of better. But I think other characters that get to shine 
I know some people don't like them. I personally think they're all really good uh, and well-written, especially since originally some of them were just sort of like, I have three lines and then I die. And then in Remake, there's like entire sections of the game that are dedicated to just them. And I'm just like, oh, this is real nice. Sucks where you got I, the love you sucks deserve. That I know where this is going, but still nice that you give these people personalities. And I, I guess that's something that with with a remake, I, it becomes like hindsight's twenty twenty. But the the joy of a of a video game remake is it's not recasting. You're not trying to rewrite it. You're just trying to add to an already super successful formula. Whereas, I guess with movies, when you try to reshoot a movie, you're like, well, I I have to I have to up it. Like I have to change almost everything about it to make it fit a modern take. Whereas here, um, like Barrett went from being Mister T to super southern baptist preacher yeah a bit um i think mm, because i know there are people out there who are like kind of extremely anal about what is the difference between a remake remaster and whatever uh you want to call like the remake that the resident evil 2 and uh Final Fantasy 7 because mm-hmm. I've heard people like say oh Final Fantasy 7 remake is not necessarily like a one-to-one remake it's more of a reimagining and from that perspective I think you can definitely make the argument of oh okay so this is sort of meant to be a different take on the events of 7 but like all the characters the setting uh, and story beats that are in 7 still carry over it's just that we're adding a lot of more stuff to more flesh people out uh to basically give this more longevity because apparently we can't have a game nowadays just be like 20 hours long it has to be like a 50 hour plus rpg or something (laughs) which admittedly topic for another podcast (laughs) yeah topic for another podcast I'll bring I'll bring you back for that one because I feel like that one will be a lot of groans. Smaller, <laughs> but yeah, I think sort of having a, a more clear definition between like port, definitive edition, uh, remaster, remake, reimagining. I think that's extremely helpful, and the fact that we don't really have that yet because some people will say that remakes and remasters are basically interchangeable which i used to actually believe but nowadays it's more or less like oh a remaster is just like a graphical update and maybe there's like an extra sliver of content in here to make you actually want to buy it if you already own it and then remake Mm -hmm. is where okay everything's from the ground up uh this is how everything works now this is all the new content that you're probably going to see in the game because some places you just have, in some remakes, you just sort of have that sort of uh, new wave of content that's actually in the game that wasn't in the original. And in some cases, it's just like, no, we're just we're just remaking the game. Don't worry about it. Not going to be much to alter, really. No, and I, I think you're right. That's it's something I didn't think about. Like I definitive edition versus like a remake a port a reimagining um remastering 
um i when you say it like that i'm like oh like that's like i'm looking at all the darksiders games for playstation 4 and yeah. i've got the definitive the definitive and then darksiders 3 which was a standalone yeah. um but then i'm looking at okami hd and i'm like well is that just like a port but it's also an upscaling so i i think you're 100 percent correct that yes for this we would start to need like a clear definition of this is a remaster this is a remake this is a port um to, to really nail down what is it that we should be expecting when these games come out. Right. And I think in certain cases, like I think companies uh, hit sort of the nail on the head there. Uh, Cause like Persona 5 Royal, uh, you just know that's, oh, that's just an updated version. There's some new content in there. Uh, if you want to get it day one, cool. If you just want to wait for a price drop uh, to play it, then so be it you're not really gonna be missing out on anything that's not the new content uh so just buy it whenever you feel like replaying persona 5 i guess uh vice uh something that kind of came out recently uh xenoblade chronicles definitive edition mm-hmm. which like is both a graphical upscale uh has quality of life improvements in the fact that its menuing is actually like really good now. Plus, you Same. get like an you get like an after story that takes place after the events of the game that you can just dive into before you actually start the main game. In case you already played the original, and then you have Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, the recent SpongeBob remake, and it's just sort of like, yeah, this is just the original game with just better graphics, uh, slightly different physics, and then, like, some cut content from the original that is kind of just there. Nope. And and that makes sense. I think that'll be, that'd be a whole... Like, if you want to do an article on podcast on that alone, that's, like, going through all of those games to give out those definitions, I, I do think would take some serious thought. But we are... We are now at the tail end of our podcast over here. So I do want to thank you again so much for joining me. Um, thank you for having me. I am so excited and I would love to have you on here again for those other discussions of like 100 hour games, achievements, trophies, and what does it add or take away collectors, million hour gameplays. Um, but what, where can we find you and what are you currently up to? Uh, so you can currently find me both uh, you can find me on Gaming News R, which is my Discord server. Uh, that's just sort of a gaming news Discord server. Uh, so if you just want to keep up with the news, stuff like that, then feel free to go there. Uh, on top of that, uh, I do have uh, some articles in the works for Medium. So I'll be posting those just sort of to Medium and also on my Discord server if you're interested in reading them. Uh, Current, like, most recent one is sort of just the games I liked, Spring 2020, and then one that I have in the books right now that I'm still kind of editing is my most awkward gaming opinions. So, either or. That sounds fantastic, and what we'll do is I will make sure that there's a link to both uh, the Discord as well as you'll shoot me a link to your Medium with this one. Um, I'll put that on there. Do you want Twitter or anything else? Nah. Just those two okay. things are good. 
just those two things. All right. So thank you very much, winners. Um, as always, if you guys enjoyed this, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. You can follow this on uh, Spotify. You can follow us on Podbeam. We are now officially on iTunes as well as the YouTube channel Built to Fail. Um, I hope that you all have a good rest of your day. Remember to keep it weird and that you're all winners out there. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good one. Thank <laughs> you.